What's up, everybody? Welcome to Words of Wisdom Podcast, where we're wild with wisdom from all walks of life. I'm Jennifer Brienne, and I serve as your podcast host to bring words, voice, language, and freedom to your world. It's Wednesday, so let's wise up and talk about communication and instruction and their many facets in our lives. What's up, everybody? I hope you're having an amazing, awesome, beautiful, fantabulous day. This is a day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. So several of you have asked me questions about my uh, marriage. And so before I get into that, let me say, if this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much. Again, I'm Jennifer Brand. I am your podcast host, bringing you words, voice, language, and freedom. Um, thank you so much. If you enjoy this podcast, podcast, please share it with a friend, um, share it with someone you love, share it with someone you know that might benefit it. Leave me a rating and a review. The review is more important than the rating. Um, let me know what you think. If you want to give me some dialogue around this, let me know. Um, I'm open. Um, let's connect. Connect, hit those links in your description box so that we can connect. Um, if you are returning, thank you so much for returning. I appreciate you. I also appreciate you listeners who have shared with me your thoughts about wanting me to discuss this topic. And so I will. Several of you have talked to me about, you know, uh, a few different things around my marriage and things that you want to know. And so I figured that this would be the best platform for me to have the kind of general conversation and canvas some of the questions that I've gotten. And if you have some questions because of this conversation, let me know. Um, and if you had a question you didn't ask me, well, uh, let me know again still. I'm joking. And I'll answer them as soon as possible. So I kind of summed up everything, all the questions and all the comments into a topic of um, basically being millennial and being married is kind of what a lot of the consensus around the questions were. And, you know, these were my thoughts. I I talked to my husband about this particular podcast and I was just like, you know, I haven't been married that long. Like, why don't they go talk to somebody that's been married 20 years, 40 years, someone that's, you know, a lot further along at this than me like I don't necessarily feel qualified uh to talk about marriage you know just because I'm married right and um because I don't feel like I've married that long but I understand the sentiments and same sentiments that he gave me about you know it's different being young and married being more specifically millennial millennial and married um so with that being said um I'll just kind of dive in this may seem like it's kind of not going in any certain direction but it is because I'm really just responding to questions and providing my tips and um some of the experiences that I had if we don't get this all covered today then I'm okay with coming back and covering it again so one of the things I want to start with is um I was asked about the prayer. Girl, what was your prayer? God gave you a chocolate man. God gave you a hard working man. God gave you this type of man. What was your prayer? And I laugh because there is no prayer. Stop asking Sierra and Russell for their prayers. There, There is no singular prayer that's prayed. I began praying seriously over my husband and my children a year and a half ago I named my children through prayer I had a confession I still have those confessions when my husband and I were dating I shared those confessions with with him those confessions became his confessions and as our visions aligned we talked more about that um we did go through premarital counseling I would highly recommend it I would highly recommend it because 
um, it allows you to kind of take the googly eyes off and you get to see that person objectively. You get to see some weak spots that maybe you excuse because you were excited about the relationship or you're excited about the fact that you're about to get married. You're engaged. You're sitting in front of whoever you do your premarital counseling with and you're just wanting them to say yes so bad. And, you know, so yeah, um, there is no prayer. The prayer is, um, that you make you allow God to make you for your spouse. And that's a very unpopular opinion that I have. But a lot of y'all are out here talking about, oh, um, I'm wifey material. Okay, my my sentiments about being wifey material is this. If I have eggs, batter, a spoon, and a, a little bit of milk, I have the materials for a cake. That does not mean I have anything edible or consumable. So while you're out here being proud about being wifey material, your prayer needs to be about you because I guarantee you, once you start praying to God sincerely about your husband, he's going to work on you. He's not going to go fix up this batch of a man and make him what you want him to be. And same for you, fellas. He's not going to go build this woman of your dreams and he not check you, he not correct you. And it's the exact same in marriage, meaning that anytime I went to the Lord about my husband, something that we've, you know, had to work through, something we disagreed on, you know, I've had to talk to the Lord and he's talking to me about me. He still to this day does not talk to me about my husband um, as it pertains to those types of matters. So if you're serious about marriage and you're serious about being married, you have to be ready to have some real deep, hard, long conversations about you. Because one of the things that I've learned, especially about millennials, is that we have this independent culture that raises us and champions us to be independent, to be strong, to cut off communication, to do it by ourselves. And in marriage, you have to lay down your will. It's not my will. It's our will. It's not it's not my will. It's not his will. It's our will. It's a new one. A lot of people get confused and saying, okay, you give me 50. I give you 50 and we're going to make 100. That is not God's divine order. Understand that anything that I say today is out of God's divine order and ideology of marriage. Okay, because that's how I choose to operate, live my life and govern myself. So all of what I have to say comes from that. So again, you ladies asking me about prayers. It, it was prayers. It was confessions. It was lifestyles. It was in my singleness, giving up stuff that I didn't want to do, laying down habits. And some of those things I didn't fully work out. or I didn't know that I needed to. For instance, I have lived by myself for four or five years now. And I didn't know how bothered I would be by somebody um, living here or being here. So there are so many different things that you may not even realize that you um, need to work on or that would impact your marriage based on their temperament. And so I just think you should lose all of these ideologies, these general ideas about marriage because your marriage is going to be so unique. It's going to be so specific because it's all of you coming together with a complete other person. And that sounds nice in theory, but it's not always easy. Um, so for, for you guys who want a prayer, seek the Lord, the Lord will make you the wife that he, your spouse being wants you and need you to be. Okay. Um, one of the things that I love about being married is all of those times that I thought I was preparing for marriage, all of those times that I was taking all of those tips and all of that information, like all this time, I realized that God was making me the wife that my husband needed me to be for him. He wasn't making me some general basic ideology of woman. He was making me the woman for my husband. If you go back in Genesis, you will see where God made Eve to Adam. That's why when a lot of people get into the Boaz, so I got some Boaz questions, you know, if I help me find my Boaz, blah, blah, blah. Okay, let me speak to that crowd. 
Boaz has already been taken by Ruth. And unless you want a recycled man from thousands of years ago, like you have to lose the mentality that you're chasing after this principle of person. Because one of the things that being engaged, being married, all the social Facebook Instagram likes don't tell you is that that per that person is imperfect and you are merging your life you are merging yourself with an imperfect person and you are too an imperfect person and you have to accept your imperfections and how they impact your partner the same way that that person is imperfect and they have to accept how it impacts you some of those imperfections work well some of those imperfections don't but you have to collaborate in order to allow those things to merge together harmoniously under one roof um so so that kind of I guess segues me to another question and I kind of come back to that, but I was asked about the lifestyle. Um, so for my husband and I, we don't necessarily have a traditional marriage. This is what I consider a traditional marriage. A traditional, traditional marriage is where two people live in the same city and they get married. They have a honeymoon. And after they honeymoon or before they go for the honeymoon or get married, they make plans to be um, in the same house or home, you know, apartment, whatever they decide. My marriage was not like that in that, you know, we had already kind of set ourselves up for understanding that for a season, we were going to be in different cities, even though we were going to be married. Um, of course, we got that approved um, with our premarital counselor. But at the same time, that's very atypical. However, it's a lot more typical to millennials who already have jobs, who already have careers, who already have commitments that they just can't hop out of. Um, I am a couple of semesters away from being um, all the dissertation on my doctoral journey. Um, he is a sergeant marine. He is sa stationed in Arkansas, where we're from. And so both of our commitments on top of his civilian job didn't allow us to just immediately jump up and move because our social status changed. Um, so we had to figure out some ways that will be that will work for our relationship. We looked at atypical models of marriage. So again, sometimes you have to get this stuck ideology of marriage, especially since we're in the South. I know I have listeners who are not in the Southern United States or who are not Southern to the culture here, but we have a very traditional um, two-parent home, white picket fence, right after a fabulous marriage and a beautiful honeymoon ideology about marriage. It may not be like that, especially not starting off. You may start off in an apartment. You may not start off buying a house and, you know, and, and no no couple, no no person is greater or less than, um, which kind of segues me to another topic. I kind of outlined the question so it would flow with my story. Um, I was asked, you know, well, why didn't you do a big wedding? Why didn't you just go all out and why didn't you want people there and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Well, one of the reasons why we decided we didn't want to do a wedding is because we didn't want to pay anywhere between the low end of $6,000, the high end of $20,000 for one day. I explained to my husband, if you're giving me $20,000, I don't want a wedding. Let's do, let's do some investing. Let's get out of debt. Like, let's move. Let's put that money in some other places. Like, we're young. And I was like, people are only going to, in my opinion, we're throwing a really big expensive party for other people to come judge the decor, judge what I look like and not truly be happy for us. And I didn't want that. What I suggested is that we get married and that if we so decide to, we have a vow renewal ceremony or because we, our hometown, um, our families live about a block and a half away from each other. So we naturally just get together and have barbecues. I was like, let's just have a, a barbecue kind of engagement, like meet the Curtis, like come 
bring your gifts, you know, bring your love. Let's have a good time because I know that barbecues and reunions are going to be happening this summer anyway, regardless of the quarantine and um, the stay at home orders. So, you know, I told him, and of course we made these plans without that information because it happened after we got married, but we didn't want to spend the money. It wasn't that we didn't have the money. Um, we had to stop people from trying to decorate our ceremony or trying to do different things for us because we didn't want that. And it's the best decision ever. We're on track to be debt free within our first year of marriage because that was our goal. We set that goal uh, before we got married. And so we knew that, you know, when I signed my name to his and when he signed my name to mine, when he signed his name to mine, that you know, our debt was shared also. And we wanted to live a debt-free life. That's one of the things we confess. That's one of the things we believe. And so we decided to forego that and to be diligent and consistent. We'll be knocking out almost $40,000 worth of debt in the next 10 months. And that's not easy, but it takes dedication. It takes discipline and it takes a commitment. And so, you know, you can't be trying to knock out debt and you're adding more debt. Before we ever got married, we completely decided we were not ever going to take out a loan for a wedding. Like that was never even a part of our discussions. And again, if that's what you did, if that's what you want to do, you work that out with your spouse. But it's for me in my house. <laughs> that was not the plan. That's not how we want to live our lives. And so we don't. And you'll find that, you know, as you decide to live your life and merging it with your partner that there's a lot of decisions that you and your partner will make that other people won't agree with. Um, our mothers were not totally happy that we decided, you know, to forego a wedding. Um, some of our friends weren't totally excited about how they found out and all of these other things, but we did what we knew to be best for us. And you have to be okay with not having the affirmation of people that you once were in relationship with because you were starting on a life journey forever with someone as another part of you. And that is an extremely extremely, extremely important that you are okay with this person being a new priority in your life, which transitions me to another conversation. Um, I got, I got, a. this wasn't really a question. It was more so a conversation, a conversation about married friends, single friends, wah, wah, wah. And so um, one of our premarital counseling, and I keep mentioning premarital counseling. I'm going to talk about that a little more deeply, but it's kind of a common thread throughout all of this. But, um, one of the things that happened in premarital counseling was we had a conversation about friends and we were asked how we felt about cross-gender friends. We were asked how we felt about single married friends, et cetera, what have you. And, um, on this side of our answers before marriage were pretty much the same after marriage, but now that we are married, we recognize that all of our friends have to come into alignment with the priority shift of now this person comes before. I don't care how many years, you know, you knew them before. I don't care how many years we had before a friendship. I don't care how tight we were. Um, this person now has a different level of importance and a different level of priority in my life so much so um, that you have to be understanding to the marital relationship and people who are single have a hard, hard time understanding that unless the persons became friends after the marriage. So we seem to have, you know, to work through going with friends who were already here before we became married um, because all of our friends aren't married. And one of the things about being millennial and being married is that you're married young. A lot of your friends aren't married. 
You know, if we were 40 and just now getting married, we probably have more married friends than not married friends. So some of the, the things that we have to sacrifice is making sure that both parties' friends understand that there was a dynamic shifting in both of our lives and that we are grappling with that. We're we're working through that. We're making sure that, you know, the other person knows that, you know, we put you first and as well as managing those relationships. And so that's new because when you get married, everybody has to sacrifice. Both of our parents have to give up a part of us and a comfort of us. All of our siblings have to give up a part of us and a comfort of us. Um, He had a son coming into this. And so um, his son and their relationship dynamically had to shift a little bit. Um, really more so on my husband's side than than Hezekiah's side because Hezekiah is for like he's just happy that I got him a Batman cape and mask for you know our wedding like he's not totally completely aware you know of you know the God order of the home and what have you so that's a very different conversation but um, another thing you know with outside relationships is is that there has to be a new balance so there's new order there's a new balance um we decided before we got married what we believe the order of the home was and biblically what we believe the order of the home is we believe that it's god family and and god family a subdivision of god family is god marriage family meaning that i as a woman and he as you know the husband and the father, like we're vowing not to put our kids before our marriage because our children are a product of the marriage. Without the foundation of a strong marriage, without the union of the marriage, the kids would not be here, you know? Um, And so we have to make sure that we are staying true to the order that we set. And then after, you know, after God, family, then comes ministry, then comes all of the other things that we decided. Again, you have to work out your own your own um, salvation almost. (laughs) You have to work out your own agreements and compromises because I'm talking about things right now that we agreed on. There are some things big and small that we don't agree on. And one of the things about being married, especially being millennial and married, is that a lot of us are strong-minded. A lot of millennials are strong-minded. We're sure about what we want. If we're talking about marriage at this age, we're really, really sure about what we want. We're really, really sure about who we want. Um, so we have to be sure that we are not limiting ourselves in the uh, selections of people. I had to scrub my mind. I had to repent to the Lord and scrub my mind of what I thought that my husband should be because of who I was. And I had to open myself to what the Lord had for me. And that is when my husband came. I Every guy before this, and I'm not saying anything my husband hasn't heard, but every guy before my husband, we had, I, I can look and see a pattern of me trying to fit a particular person in a mold of these check boxes that I had in my mind. And <laughs> it was really detrimental because the moment that they didn't check one of those boxes or the moment they did something um, outside of the scope of who I wanted them to be or who I thought they were, then pretty much the relationship failed because I was let down. I had these expectations and the Lord did tell me to write down what I wanted. He did tell me to do that, but he did not tell me to guard my heart and try to police people and try to either make them that or date them in hopes that they would become that. He told me to trust him. And so with your with your single season, if you're single right now, trust him, trust him that the Lord has you trust that the Lord will keep you trust that the Lord will guide you trust that the Lord will make you the spouse, the wife or the husband that your spouse needs you to be not some random ideology 
psychology of this made up person because you will let yourself down and you will uh, limit your mentality about marriage. Again, Instagram doesn't teach us how imperfect another person is and that it's also okay for them to be imperfect because you are too. It's okay, you know, for their mistakes or their mishaps or, or the misunderstandings to take place. That doesn't mean that you fold. That doesn't mean that you flake. That doesn't mean that you back up, that you back down, that you shut down or it just means that you work through it. And one of the things that I heard the other day, well, two of the things that I heard, um, and I'm going to couple them together because I think that they are so phenomenal. And I wish I would have heard them when I was single as well. Um, in marriage, you get an engagement ring, a marriage ring, and you get suffering. The part of suffering we have to understand is that if you're doing it God's way, you have as a man, the Bible says that Christ is to love his bride like he loved the church and gave his life for her. So you're talking about an aspect of crucifixion because Christ died for the church. All right. And then you have that other S word that everybody says is a bad word. I don't think it's a bad word. I think it's just hard to live. All right. And there's a lot of bad words. If that's the case, there's a lot of bad words. Like the D word, like discipline could be a hard, a bad word because it's hard to live. But this S word for women submission, you know, it is hard. It's a hard concept to grasp for women because they can't imagine being completely open and vulnerable with a man that doesn't manipulate, violate, or um, take advantage of the fact that they are vulnerable and and I believe when you are most open most vulnerable and ready to share ready to give ready to grow then you're naturally submitted to the mission of that marriage I was I was conceptually ready to commit to submit to the mission of the marriage because I made clear before I got married what the mission was I told him what I believe that I was called to do. And I questioned him on what he was called to do. Um, I asked him hard, hard questions. A lot of people was like, oh, yeah, okay, y'all. Y'all didn't really date that. Okay, yeah, we did. And he can ask you. He, he can tell you, rather, that I asked him questions like nonstop all the time, every day. And he even said going into premarital counseling, you know, he was like, I don't even think they can ask us anything that we don't know. And sure enough, you know, we got sent home with homework and work to do and stuff we had to work through and talk to and pray over. And there were some conversations that came out because you are literally merging your life down with this person down to if they like scented trash bags or not. I mean, whatever it is that, you know, that person has, like you are committing to take under. And so I was able to submit to the mission because I made the mission clear. If a man is trying to marry you with no mission, then what are you submitting to? You know, if he's supposed to, again, this is the biblical, this is the biblical way of understanding things. You may have a different way that you want to marry and that's fine. But I'm speaking from this perspective that if he's supposed to lay his life down for me and for this marriage, then what, what is the mission that he's laying his life down? And what is the, the mission that I'm coming up under? What am I submitting myself to? And a lot of women don't have that conversation or they make the grave, grave mistake of thinking that it's understood. And that's one of the things that's been harder for my marriage um, because <laughs> you have to understand, especially particularly with men. You know, the truth of the matter is they just don't use as many words as women. They don't communicate. We don't train boys and men to communicate and use expressions and diction and vernacular as expressively and openly and to the degree that we train women. So, yeah, it gets hard sometimes to <laughs> um, get more out of them. Um, and so they will be OK with things being understood or left to 
you know, happenstance. But no, I'm the girl that I want to be clear and not partly cloudy. I'm the person that I want it to be explained thoroughly. And and I'm also the girl that if I asked you the question and you don't have the answer, I'm okay with that. I'd rather know that you don't have the answer and that you're going in prayer to get it or that you're thinking about it as opposed to just accepting the fact that you don't have an answer. Because understand this, some of the greatest, greatest advice that I got before I got married was this. It was the same person that you walk that walks down that aisle is the same person that's going to walk back down that aisle. The same person that walks down that aisle before I do is going to amplify in who they are after you walk back down that aisle after saying I do because now they're saying I do with you. They're saying I do to you, I do for you, I do unto eternity and so everything in them is going to amplify because if you were, you know, dating holy, living right, which we were, you know, you experience them on a whole nother level to the magnitude that you haven't yet before marriage. And even if I believe, even if you were like, like old folks say shacking or, um, whatever the term is of having a live-in boyfriend or a live-in spouse before you marry, I still believe that after I do, because there's a different level. What you're doing when you get married, you are literally making a covenant before the courts of heaven and God himself to honor this person for the rest of your life. And so that is not something that you can take lightly. That is not something that you can treat without proper care, without proper preparation, without proper questioning, without the guidance and objectivity of other people. Again, being millennial, you know, we're used to kind of keeping things to ourselves, shutting down, whatever the case. Um, But yeah, you have to be vulnerable with your relationship. If you're serious about this person um, and if you want them to take you seriously, you have to be under people that you trust to impart to your life. And prayerfully, both of you have people um, that before you guys, you know, entered into each other's world that you trust to share those things with you because I believe it can save you a lot of heartache. I know a lot of people who did not choose to go to a premarital counseling and, um, you know, their short-lived marriages um, reflected that. There are also people who falsely went to premarital counseling with the expectation of when they attended premarital counseling, that that was the work that their marriage needed. And off and after the other side of I do that it was done. No, I believe it. I do. Um, I believe it, it should really say, we should really say, okay, it begins because at that moment that you say, I do, there's a whole lot of stuff that begins that you weren't even really ready for that. You didn't know, um, because you've never been a wife before. You've never been a husband before. And even if you are remarrying, you've never been a wife to that person before. And you've never been a husband to that person before. And so there's a a lot of newness there's a lot of transition if you're like my husband and I maybe you have to move cities maybe you have to move homes maybe you have to resettle into a new place you have to decide what new systems of organization and structure and what things you got to keep and some things you got to give away and what's what needs to be thrown out the Lord took me through my house and I before we got married I think we were engaged at this point and I had to gut my house of everything of every potential thing that an ex at any point in my life could have ever given me that I hadn't already gotten rid of and I mean it was stuff that I didn't even realize that was still here stuff that was buried back in drawers papers you know no like just all types of stuff and I know girls are really good at this um sometimes because you you know some some people hold different levels of attachment to different physical things but I mean 
mean, I had to gut my house. And I and I mean, when I say gut my house, I'm saying gut because I had to go deep in some areas that I'm like, crap, I didn't even know any of these things were here. And so um, just to wrap up this conversation about marriage, being married and millennial, you have to be willing to be a little bit more flexible because you have... The, the traditional marriages that we may learn from, those marriages and those people who've been married 30, 40, 50 years lived in a very, very, very different world than 2020 pandemic, okay? So you have to be flexible. You have to be open. You have to hear God and you and you want a spouse that hears God. I don't think that I could be married right now if I was just the only voice that my spouse heard. I, I love Holy Spirit. He's the best mediator. He's the best... Um, he's the best, um, I don't want to say compromiser, but he, he brings us to balance. He, he brings us to conclusion. He brings us solutions and answers. He helps us progress and move forward because I've never been married before. My husband has never been married before. And so this is our first time with a very huge task to honor God as we love each other. And that's what you always have to remember that your your husband, your wife, you might say, oh, my husband, this, my wife, that, you know, but they are not really yours. They, they're they not really yours. They, they were gods before you. They'll be gods after you. Um, they, They're really not yours. The Lord has allowed you a different type of covenant with them, but they are still God's daughter or God's son. And he wants them taken care of to the degree that he allowed you to enter a type of marriage covenant. And he gave the example of crucifixion and submission to paint a picture of how real, of how vulnerable and how open. I I believe that God gave two different images first because the man and the woman have different roles in the marriage. But I also believe he gave it to us that way because of how we perceive emotion. Okay, and that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. Um, and, and so I think I should just cut it off right here. I think that pretty much canvassed everything that I got. Um, I, I feel like I was talking really fast or I tried to to make sure that I squeeze everything in as should be. But um, if you enjoyed this, leave me a rating, a review, share this with somebody that you love, somebody that may be considering being married if they're millennial or not millennial. Um Share this with someone most importantly single. These are a couple things that I wish I would have known as a single person. Um, but yeah, let this bless you. Let this help you. Let it start your May off and your dating seasons off because summer is here and summer is near. So I want you to be wise and in all you're getting, get an understanding. But I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, guys. Peace, love, and hair grease.